I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, 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 welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex Show. The Bobo and Flex Show. My tongue is in such a twist today. We have... <laughs> such a spicy episode uh we all know oh wait let's do introductions my name is bobo and i am your host and i'm with the beautiful flex hey bitches flex, how are you feeling do you want to tell people <laughs> who you are and how you are let's talk about it so who i am i'm a person mm. on the internet um who's commodified their body <laughs> for coins <laughs> <laughs> That's so honest. I love it. <laughs> How I feel. I was just explaining to Bobo that this week, despite the circumstances, like it's not as though I've had a particularly good week in terms of good things happening, but within my body, I feel so much more energized. I feel mm. excitable and present. I feel like I can give experiences and situations the benefit of the doubt. I'm sleeping yeah. better. I don't know what oh it is. Oh my God, same. I really just slept for 10 hours last night. <laughs> I really concept. support that. I don't, a lot of people try and make me, so people often think that I don't sleep because I do a lot of things, but I actually take my sleep quite seriously. And I wow, would, same. I have no issue with taking out 10 to 12 hours to just go to bed. It's not my business yeah. what anyone thinks. But people <laughs> always try and make me feel bad about it. Like I really enjoy sleeping. Why does it have to be so closely associated with being a bum? I get things done in the waking Literally. hours. So allow me to sleep. <laughs> and it's because you sleep, though. Like, that's the irony. That's it. That's exactly it. Like, don't let society gaslight you into killing yourself. <laughs> For what? They really want me <laughs> to go. It's like, I want to go. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, go to bed. <laughs> I remember in college, I was doing all-nighters. I was, like, one of those students that was, like, no, I have to graduate with a 4.0. Yeah. And then I actually did graduate with a 4.0, like, for my master's. And was, like, wait, what did that actually do for me? So now I sleep. Like, I don't do, like, work really comes secondary. Mm. Um. Food and sleep are number one. Food, sleep, and sex. Like, those are <laughs> the three priorities. <laughs> I'm with Everything you. Everything else comes secondary. Yeah. That's honestly quite radical. No, facts. Mm. Facts. Speaking of radical, we have a really interesting conversation today. I'm also closing my DM. I feel like I now say this after every episode. <laughs> But after this episode, I'm just not having any debates. Like, I'm not debating anyone in my DMs. But we are talking about Jada and Will. I'm sure you all know what's been going on. And there's there's so many angles to... There's so many angles to come at this dilemma from. But should we do a quick... Just a quick summary of what the whole dilemma is before we jump into... The, the online discourse that's been happening surrounding it. Absolutely. So I've 
got an article up that kind of has a timeline of what's been going on with yeah. Will and Jada and whatever. But basically, Will and Jada uh, went on Jada's Facebook TV show, Red Table Talk, um, and they were having a discussion and sooner than later their conversation kind of turned when he started to interview his wife, Jada, about the relationship mm. rumours between Jada and this singer called August Alsina. Um, yeah. He's like an American R&B singer. And so Jada said that she wanted to clear the air and described her previous relationship with the 27-year-old artist as an entanglement. Now, for context, <laughs> Will and Jada are married um, and they had a traditional marriage partnership, like a conventional one, for about 20 years or so. And then, <clears throat> sorry, it got to the 20-year point and then I guess Will had suggested that... I mean, they already had relationship conflicts you know the, t- the way jada wanted to be loved wasn't the way will could love her blah 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 and they finally settled into an agreement that instead of being conventional romantic partners they would now be life partners in the sense that they will do life together forever but they're not going to bind themselves by conventional standards of being romantic partners there's, right. there's the expectation to like sleep together or like to be primary like lovers in any sense They're just Mm. life partners and they're allowed to, you know, do life as they please so long as they stay together. So basically what ended up happening was August Alsina um, made a remix to another R&B singer Kalani song, Nanya, which is, I guess, colloquial for none of your business. (laughs) And and basically um, he... So... How do they say it? Basically, he dropped an official video for the song with um, using like an animoji, you know, those like animal emoji moving ones or whatever. Yeah. And while he's singing the lyrics, he's texting somebody named Corin, which is Jada's middle name. He then also drops a gif, 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 <laughs> I don't know, of Jada in the conversation right when he croons the lyrics. You got me feeling like it was an act. You're just an actress putting on a show because you don't want the world to know that you lost a man you loved all along. Baby, couldn't we just let this go? So basically that obviously like you add a lot of fuel to a fire when people already think there are rumors of, you know, a relationship. And then he goes onto Instagram in a since deleted post to say that the song had nothing to do with Jada. It's simply a song and a free artistic expression of a made up narrative already put in place by its original format. Thank you for all your love around the music and more is to come, but just know that me and my best, my best, no friend, nothing. Me, Me and my best at Jada Pinkett Smith are good. We will always be for life. We've been talking every day while all this has taken place. Stop tripping. We've got big love for the goddess over here on this side. So basically, he has been promoting his his newest album and he went on to um, the... Uh, he, he did an interview with this interviewer called Angela Yee. It's a long interview, like a, an hour and something, to talk about, you know, what's happening in his life, where he's been, what's going on. Uh, and basically... You know, <laughs> it came to the point where they had to discuss the rumors about whether or not the Jada thing is real or not. And and he said that he considered like, you know, Will Smith to be his family um, mm. and that he clarified that they have an open an open marriage and Will Smith gave him permission to pursue Jada. So it was never under the table. It was never some sort of secret thing. 
August is kind of saying it was always a thing, but it's the fact that it's being denied is what's making it a bit of an issue. So he kind of said that Will gave me his blessing and I totally gave myself to that relationship for years. I loved her truly and really deeply and had a ton of love for her, devoted myself to her, all of this shit. So I guess what how this becomes an issue is because August Alcina at the time of dating Jada Pinkett Smith was 20, maybe nearing 21. And mm. Jada Pinkett Smith would have been like four, late 40s, perhaps yeah. around that. Oh, I think it was 41-ish, 40 or 41. Yeah, early 40s. So a few years ago yeah. at this point, and Twitter kind of blew up because I guess they didn't kind of understand the concept of having an open marriage, number one. And so they assumed that when these rumors were coming out, she was um, cheating, she was cheating yeah. as opposed to being in like a consensual relationship with somebody else in outside her like primary dynamic and so that was Mm. the big deal and so I feel as though if Twitter understood that dynamic this wouldn't even be a conversation at all and we wouldn't have gotten to the later the later stage of trying to like uh dissect the issues within their relationship so that is context I feel like we can just we can further discuss this with with like we can just continue right yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah there's definitely the problem of the difference between a life partner and a romantic partner. I think people often conflate the two and think that it's one thing, which is really interesting. There was also something interesting. I watched the interview and at the end of the interview, they fist pumped each other and they said bad marriage for life, (laughs) which I thought was really fascinating. And that was also a topic of conversation around Twitter. And a lot of people were saying, yeah, when you sign up for a long-term or permanent marriage, that's what that is. Like a long-term partnership Mm. is by definition a bad marriage for life. What do you make of that? Well, when I like saw the snippet of that on Twitter, it kind of reminded me of like Roxanne Gay's bad feminist in the sense that Mm. she can comfortably say that the feminism that she practices is good by her own standards and she's comfortable with it. Um, but by everybody else's conventional standards, she must be a bad feminist, you know, in the same way that for how I internalize what Will and Jada were saying is, yeah, by the standards of traditionalism, yeah, they have a bad marriage. They're no longer committed to being romantic partners. They're no longer, yeah. they're no longer committed to you know working on their original partnership and they've transitioned into a new one that maybe is a bit easier, maybe it is a bit, you know, worldly and therefore it must be bad. I find it actually quite, I don't, I don't know what the word is. It's not inspiring, but I'm very intrigued. Compelling. Po- yeah, yeah, positively yeah. intrigued that they have chosen to maintain a life partnership because I would yeah. find that that detransitioning from romantic for themselves and also for their family structure would have been difficult. And then working through all of that to just stay mm. together. Because usually it feels like when people leave a romantic partnership or when it detransitions into anything else, it's a cop-out. You know, yeah, like, in yeah. sense, like I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to do it. Like, you, I might love you, but I, I just can't be bothered. But they have almost put a framework around saying that the love is there, but the way I want to be loved isn't there. The way I need to be loved isn't there, but Facts. I love you. So we yeah. can make this work in a way that works best for us. And yeah. one might argue, I've seen a lot of discourse on Twitter about how, you know, Jada got sucked into this life partnership because... Really? Um, Why is that? Yeah, I mean, my my life and soulmate, Grace, was telling me about 
Jada and Will's dynamic and how, you know, she describes um, her wedding as the worst day of her life because (gasps) she had wanted, I guess she had always been like an intimate me and you type bitch. She had wanted something small, something that was really representative of the way they could love each other, just something that was for them and by them. And it began, it was like this full on, um, ordeal with a ton of celebrities and cameras and big things that she didn't want. Mm, and so yeah, she yeah. kind of felt that, or I'm presuming from how the story's been told to me, that it was this one time where he could have shown her that he was hers as she wanted him. And yet on her big day, he chose to show up for everybody else and give them the song yeah. of the dance, the party. So it, it, there's this discourse on Twitter that she kind of got sucked into this dynamic and she's also getting the shitty, the shitty end of the stick because she could easily be clinging on to what their relationship was, mm. yet she's found a way to express herself with somebody else. And now it's like Jada is the philanderer when Will's been having others, you know? What yeah. I mean? like it's been In very clear that he's been everywhere. He's for the streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, the whole thing is very interesting. I know for a fact that my first instinct in a failing relationship wouldn't be to make it work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and in a sense, well, it depends I, on I failing don't mean is. like a failing relationship is in like, we've been together for a year and whatever. No, 20 years. And then yeah. deciding that at that point, instead of just cut, like calling it quits, because it feels like if you would, if you'd invested that much time, then you would be, then if it's not working, it's never working. That's, mm, I, I feel like yeah. I would view it in a really absolute way, but they found a way to re, uh, some, like redefine what that is in a way that probably like is going to grow to work for them. And then like their kids are uh, fully across it and there's no like hidden, like let's just pretend we're together for the kids, but actually fuck other people. It's just open yeah, yeah. conversation. It's really awesome. Yeah, it's similarly to you. I do find their dynamic really compelling. Um, Also, because I find the concept of loyalty is also lost on our generation, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I do think that loyalty has sort of gone out the window in favor of transience. And something going off of what Grace was saying, I remember there's there was another Red Table Talk episode with I guess it was just the whole family where Jada was saying that Will has a tendency to do things for his ego as opposed to, to as opposed to doing things for her. Yeah, wow. Um so for example, he would insist on throwing these big parties and doing all these things despite Jada saying, No, but I don't want that. I don't want that. And mm. he would keep saying, No, but I'm doing this for you until she ultimately just caved and she was like, You're not doing any of this for me. You're doing all of this for yourself. Mm. Um, and so it's interesting that she saw that red flag from the beginning and she decided to stick it out. I'm not sure why she did that. Um, I'm not judging it at all. I just think it's an interesting, it's an interesting factor to consider. I do think, so my thoughts on marriage, I actually don't think marriage is a bad, the older I get, the more I understand why people get married. If you'd asked me a year ago, if I think marriage is a good idea I would have said a very stern no like (laughs) marriage is a waste of time yeah I would have I would have just said why do you need the government to validate your love right but I understand now why people get married and I think the older I get the less friends I have the less intimacy I get from 
outside of my romantic relationship just because like people have less time people have more obligations people are all over the globe it's just harder to find it's just harder to make friends the older you get so I understand why people cling to each other Mm. and form really hyper intimate bonds and form like life partnerships because as human beings we're why we're genetically and biologically and evolutionarily wired for stability yeah and romance brings that but the paradox is that romance isn't actually designed to be permanent and that's where it gets really tricky at the end of the day romantic love is just a neurochemical scam and its only purpose is stability and family building, etc., etc., and that extends outside of heteronormative dynamics. Like the purpose of romance is stability, and so finding someone that can give you, quote unquote, security and stability isn't really permanent. And once you found that person and you built that, it starts to fade away, and now you're left with a human being that you no longer you no longer have that chemical reaction with. And so I think a lot of people I think that the concept of a life partner would make a lot more sense if a lot of people understood that romance isn't permanent but love is. Mm. And like once the romance starts to dissipate because romance is again just a neurochemical scam, once that chemical in your brain starts to dissipate, you're either left you're either left with love or you're left with resentment or you're left with fear or you're left with nothing. And if you're not left with love, then it makes sense to part ways. But I can completely understand how you could be in a romantic relationship with someone, you're loyal to them and you love them, but there's no more romance and you choose to stay with them. And I think, I think that just makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. Um, Mm. But you know how we can always use this like overly intellectual lens to kind of, um, uh, you know, to kind of theorize what we would or wouldn't do or if it's normal or not normal. But I couldn't even conceptualize being with somebody for 20 years and holding out (laughs) hope that they're going to be who you need them to be for you to be completely happy. Because I have no Mm. doubt that in that kind of dynamic, the person you're with is maybe what you want them to be in a lot of in a lot of areas so this one thing isn't that important but as yeah. the years go by and you're you're the void in your heart compounds and you're thinking oh fuck there's another year that's gone by and he still can't see that i just want this one thing from him it would get harder yeah. and harder but to be able to take your ego out of a situation and prioritize the dynamic or maybe it isn't ego perhaps they're just trauma bonded and they can't let each other go <laughs> you know maybe we're giving them too that's much credit facts. yeah <laughs> you know what actually that's such a good something i was thinking about today just out of the blue i was thinking about this idea of you know how we have this romanticized idea that love is loving someone for who they are right now mm. and not loving someone for their potential. But I was actually thinking that I actually no longer agree with that. I think love is loving someone for the you're not just loving someone right now, but you're loving who they could become in the future. You're loving future versions of that person. And I think that's that's a factor that people don't really take into consideration. Like when you're loyal to someone, when you're committing to someone, you're not committing, you're not committing purely to the present version of that person. You're committing 
to also the infinite future versions of that person and you have no idea what those future versions are and that's something that we all have to reconcile like if we're really committed (laughs) to being loyal to people and committed to this idea of marriage and permanent love we also have to accept that love isn't loving someone for who they are it's loving for someone for who they will be tomorrow and the day after and next year and 20 years from now and 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 because this the concept of the self isn't stagnant absolutely so the interesting thing about jada and will's you know jada and august's relationship is i guess the way jada frames her her um what's the word i'm looking for like the way she frames her intention for being with him and the way he frames his and she made a point of calling the dynamic with august and entanglement Mm, let's get into that really interesting so from you have to understand that as we're hearing these rumors about jada and august and august and jada and they're together we all would have just assumed they were just sleeping together you know and then basically august had come forth and said it's much deeper than that we were in a relationship we were together that was she was mine i was hers that was my boo. You know, it wasn't a flippant kind of thing. Mm. And so that's why the conversation around their relationship got more ferocious because people were like, oh, wait, <laughs> like she, when she was 40 something, she dated you a 20 something. And you're saying you two were in love. It doesn't add up. So then you for, see, her, yeah. for her to come onto her show, talking to her husband and calling the relationship she had with somebody else an entanglement makes it sound as though she had no choice that she just, it was all of a sudden this guy was just like latched onto her back pocket and they were together. She also says that she was in a lot of pain and she was very broken. And in the process of being in that relationship with August, she realized that you can't find happiness outside of yourself. So we could presume that she was in a bit of a weird uh, transition process with Will, maybe feeling insecure, found this dynamic with August and projected onto him more than he could offer or more than she wanted from him who knows what it what it might have been mm. but from the way she's framed it it sounded like a mistake on her end something that she was like oh, you know it was an entanglement things happen you know he might have been taking it the wrong way it just made it seem like he was a little kid who just took it too far and you know she was too concerned with her own personal issues to see that she might have been leading him on that might not be the case but that's how i that's what i thought she was inferring by, you know, reading what yeah, she that's, said. That's how I interpreted it too. Um, but so basically August then jumps on Twitter mm. and he says that, or he tweets, imagine not knowing how to mind the business that pays you. I catch all the subliminals, not just about today. And you can call me whatever you like. Mess is constantly inserting yourself into topics you have nothing to do with. Go play with your mommy, not me. If you have something to say, say it with your chest. It's always very perplexing because I, because I really do be showing people genuine love the whole time. That envy eating your little heart. Anyway, next. So I couldn't tell if that was a res- an indirect response to Jada or an indirect response to the way Twitter has been talking about this situation and kind mm. of making him out to be this naive child who thought that he was in a loving relationship when really he was being maybe used or who yeah. knows. So um, 
so basically, and then I, I only founded this out a few days ago, but this also started building up more steam because 50 Cent DM'd Will Smith and then shared the screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> this is so messy. <laughs> this is what 50 Cent would do, but he DMs Will Smith on Instagram and says, yo, Will, are you all right over there? And he says, yes, I'm cool. I appreciate your concern, my brother. 50 says, but why did she tell you that shit on show for everybody to see? Uh, And then Will says, we broke up, so she did her and I did me. Then... (laughs) Why are they having this conversation over DMs? Honestly. And then 50 Cent says, then she said only she can give permission for somebody to blow her back out. Shrug. And then Will says, fuck you, 50. And then 50 Cent says, wait, what did I do? Oh my god. So who knows? Then <laughs> that wow. happened. And then, you know, then Charlemagne the God, who is the co-host of the interviewer that interviewed Will uh August Alcina, he basically comes on air and says that, you know, he's with Will Smith on this and that Jada Pinkett was wrong and um basically that August Alcina came to her broken in need of healing. And her response is that she wanted to feel good and she hadn't felt good in a long time. So she slept with him. And Charlemagne said, you know, never mind how young this man is feeling. How never mind how the young man is feeling. You just gotta get yours. That is the epitome of toxic behavior. And that is one of the conversations that happened that really fueled the fire of this conversation because Charlemagne the God is a cultural commentator. His platform is fucking huge. Like being on live radio almost every day, his Instagram, his YouTube, like all he's, so he's very responsible for how these conversations ebb and flow. Mm. And so basically he had said um, in so many different ways that she really hadn't done the work on herself. And this situation is a very good example of that. She's almost using her healing or her intention to heal as an excuse to treat somebody poorly. Um, And she's trying to justify it uh, because she's trying to justify it because she knows it's bad, but who can come at her for choosing to heal in a certain way that was best for her. So, Basically, after that conversation happened, the, I think, yeah, after that conversation happened, Twitter blew up again, was kind of like, so what is it? Like, is this, are we cool with this? Is Jada in the wrong for cheating on Will? Okay, she didn't cheat. Is Jada in the wrong for, you know, sleeping with somebody so much younger than her? What is the real issue here? Let's get into it. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I think the language that was used in the show is really interesting. Like, you touched on the fact that she uses the word entanglement. There's something to be said about how these new age, spiritual, enlightened, just candles and chakras, (laughs) like, you know, like that genre of spiritual human being, they really... (laughs) They frequently weaponize spirituality to evade accountability and... In doing that, you frame your toxicity as healing. And when I was watching this episode, I just, I would have really respected Jada more if she was just like, listen, I did some fuck shit. I was a fuck boy. I was, because I understand, like, and this is also the thing. All of us have done manipulative shit. Like, every Mm -hmm. single one of us have done manipulative shit. But it's one thing to be, it's one thing to be toxic and manipulative, And it's another thing to frame your toxicity 
as healing as i even noticed the way she she used the word journey so because they they open the conversation with Will being like, yeah, you know, we've been through some shit. Um and she framed that as, yeah, we've been through a really long journey. Mm. And I feel like this she's very she was very specific about the language that she used, and in doing that, she really downplayed the gravitas of the effects of her behavior in calling what was sexual abuse and entanglement, and I'm going to call it sexual abuse, and we'll get into that, and entanglement, she really evaded accountability, and she really, again, just framed her toxicity as like an innocent mistake. And I'm not even, like, I don't believe we should cancel her. I don't believe we should now go, like, throw rocks at her house. Like, it's not that serious. But I do think we need to start having honest conversations about what is actually toxic without letting our love or our attachment to idols cloud our judgment. I really do feel like this conversation would have gone so differently if the gender roles were were reversed. But that being said, I think that because Jada has positioned herself as like the mother figure of the black community. It's really hard, especially as black people, because we do as like black people as a culture, as a collective, we do place motherhood on a pedestal. Mm. And in doing that, and we talked about this in previous episodes, how we, you and I, we really see our mothers as superheroes. Yeah. And so even on a subconscious level, I think the black community in particular really perceives Jada as a mother figure and rightfully so she's created a really lovely platform where she has really productive conversations that are really enlightening and spiritual she's really framed herself as like the opposite of the kardashians like the wholesome Mm -hmm. black mother who's just here to like heal and take care of us i also think we need more nuance and understanding that healing isn't linear and healing is also toxic like healing isn't inherently healing (laughs) like healing also has its elements of toxicity and also there's no such thing as a moral authority because everyone is flawed like and Mm -hmm. even if you are the mother figure of a community you still are flawed and we should allow her to be flawed and learn from her flaws instead of pretending that they're not um absolutely which is a really long rant but i do feel the conversation around consent that ensued just really I think I was mostly shocked because basically I had I posted this tweet I'm just gonna read it I had tweeted a really simple tweet that I didn't even think would elicit any response but right after watching it I just tweeted are we ready to discuss that what Jada did was actually predatory and manipulative Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were so offended. Even today, I how, how long ago did I post this? I posted this four days ago. <laughs> I have 170 comments. It's such a heated debate in my comment sections. I think that was the first time people were like literally unfollowing me for an opinion that I thought was so banal. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even think it was an opinion. It was just like me saying the sky is blue. Like It was like an observation you had. Yeah, it's really just an observation that I didn't see anyone else mentioning at the time because it was still so new. But yeah, the conversation that ensued around consent was a little bit disturbing for me. I think we really need to start complicating 
our conversations about consent because I think a lot of people just think that just saying yes or verbally or physically agreeing to have sex with someone is consent, which is absolutely not how that works. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot more to consent than just saying yes. And so I think mainly it's the power dynamics that make this Mm non-consensual or that make this inherently abusive. And I think we should acknowledge that what Jada did was abusive, but that does not mean she is an abuser. Like, that does not mean that that is her whole identity. Like, we need to also separate the act from the person, um, just in order to have a more, like, holistic view of what happened. So, in order to be able to consent to sex, you need to have equal power to consent to the person who is initiating sex with you. And power comes in many forms. So it comes in the form of status, of access, emotional stability, psychological stability, neurological, physical, etc., etc. And I'm not talking about sex work, so I'm going to leave that out of this. I'm talking about sex as a tool of pleasure and fulfillment. And I think what people don't realize is in the same way that saying yes to sex when you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol is not consent, saying yes to sex when you're emotionally or psychologically or neurologically unwell or even experiencing cognitive or psychological distortions because you're emotionally unwell or even when you're influenced by your desire for proximity to power and access, like that is not consent. Like consent needs to be given freely and it cannot be given freely when the power dynamics are manipulating your freedom to consent. With that being said, a lot of people were also saying, oh, but he's a grown man. He's a grown man. He knew what he was doing, which I think is a gross misunderstanding. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A, being 20 years old is not being grown at all. Like, not at all. And then second of all, being sick, like mentally, psychologically sick, also really manipulates your ability to consent and actually make rational and healthy emotional decisions. And literally, like, when you're 20 years old, your brain literally hasn't even finished developing. Like, your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that's responsible for your decision-making, that inhibits impulses, that plans and organizes your behavior. Like, all of that does not finish developing until you're 25 years old. So on a neurobiological level, a 20-year-old has the brain of an adolescent. So when you think about the fact that a 40-year-old is having sex with an adolescent, that is not, like, that is abusive inherently. And I understand that Jada was going through her own emotional problems 
But she also knew what she was like. She's also a 40 year old. And she said herself, like to her, it was just an entanglement. Whereas for what's his name again? I'm forgetting his name. August. Yeah. Whereas for August, he was in love. And that's inevitable. Like, of course, a 20 year old is going to think that the sexual dynamic is love when in reality, it's actually just manipulation yeah i think another part of the conversation that i found a bit disturbing was people being like well he hasn't said that it was abusive or he hasn't said that he was manipulated so therefore he wasn't manipulated which i think just comes from ignorance because a lot of people don't know that most people who have been sexually abused don't know that they're sexually abused until they're late into their adult years Like, there's so many reasons. One, because of lack of understanding as to what sexual abuse is. Two, because of manipulation and lack of emotional maturity, like in this case. Three, because of confusion, because sex feels good for so many people. Victims of sexual abuse are confused as to whether their pleasure actually signifies consent. Like, there's so many... There's so many reasons why someone who's sexually abused won't know. And even as like most women will turn 30 years old or turn 40 years old and look back on their sexual relationships and be like, holy shit, those three relationships that I had when I was 20, that was actually abuse. Like most women will have that light bulb moment when they're emotionally mature enough to understand what consent is. They'll understand that like that's what that was. Which is to say that, like, Jada isn't a bad person, but she did do something bad. She did do something manipulative. She did do something predatory. She did do something abusive. And it is what it is. Like, we can't just deny that because we fuck with her. Like, no. Yeah. What this, what the response to this Jada Will August situation has shown is that our general mainstream understanding of sexual abuse isn't that evolved as we think. Oh my God, it's so rudimentary. It's actually so big. It scares me because so many people are going to have kids and like bring them into this world that is A, so rife with... And that's another thing. I read a statistic that said... Where was it actually? Wow, I can't even find it. Oh yes, I read a statistic that said 63% of sexual assaults aren't reported and 78% of child sexual abuse is never reported. Sexual abuse is the most under underreported crime and it's because of this ignorance. And after I had posted on my story, I was talking about consent on my story, someone had messaged me to be like, hey, I'm actually a child psychologist and I'm so glad you're speaking about consent because I deal with this every day and I'm amazed by how many people are so ignorant to like what healthy sex is and what consent is and how power dynamics play into that like our understanding of consent we just stopped the conversation at yes is consent and we never went further to interrogate how hegemonic power and structural power dynamics can influence whether something is or isn't consensual and like that unless we get to that that part of the conversation like sexual abuse isn't going anywhere like not at all absolutely what i also find to be really interesting and it's what i mentioned to bobo before we started recording is that uh i too was interested i mean even when this 
I don't want to call it drama, but when the situation was unfolding, I've been making the conscious effort not to be so wrapped up in like things that really aren't my business. Mm. And because I see how far, like, I just, I really exhaust myself trying to be across everything, trying to make sure that when I'm critiquing it, I've got all the answers and it's not really my business. So I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch the video. I didn't barely read the tweets. I did a little, little wrap up article and that was it. I read one, sorry. But the first thing I found to be really interesting is that when Bobo tweeted what she tweeted, my initial response wasn't, I mean, I just accepted it as as fact because really these things are quite clear for me to see. Yeah. And like yeah. Bobo mentioned, it's really easy for me to see like when somebody like elicits certain behavior but doesn't really change my view of them as a person in the sense that Bobo said that Jada behaved in a predatory way. We're not out here calling her a predator. We're just yeah, saying her behavior like- <laughs> was predatory. Yeah. Uh, and so I started to reflect on why I didn't feel like I had the range to discuss this conversation. Because initially I was thinking, I haven't watched the video. Like I haven't, you know, fucking like seen the tweets and I haven't done all of that. And I was like, you know what it is? It's because I'm uncomfortable with the fact <laughs> that this conversation is gendered in the reverse way where the woman is the Ooh, predator. The woman is yeah. the one who is in the wrong. The woman is the one who who essentially is displaying behaviors that I struggle to associate with womanhood. Yes. I was recalling when we were discussing Leonardo DiCaprio being 40-something yes. and not having dated anybody under 25. How hard mm. did we go for that? We you know, And everyone agreed. Everyone was absolutely. just like, it's so disgusting. You are 43 mm-hmm. years old. You're dating mm-hmm. a 23-year-old. Mm-hmm. That's But now that it's Jada doing mm-hmm. exactly the same thing, people can't fathom. Like, the cognitive dissonance is astounding. It's astronomical. Absolutely. And the mental gymnastics we have to do to justify the situation or whatever. And I recall when we were discussing Leo, at no point did we say that the victims, or not even victims, let me not use that way to frame it. But at no point did we say that the women, because they're not the victims, survivors. Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. don't like, let's, let's just, let's take our, our descriptive language out of it. At no yeah. point did we say that the women in those dynamics were like victims in any way we didn't blame them we weren't saying they were fully adult taking fully consent we yeah. put the entire focus on leo his behavior mm. maybe his motivations maybe his intentions but we didn't now go google each individual woman and say but she was 25 at the time yes. so she was a She's fully a an adult woman. and she should have she had agency and she could have done this and whatever um and with this conversation with august I feel like there's a there's a lot of pressure on him to have known. How do you mm. not know that you were manipulated? How would you not yes. know that she was using you? You know, like, isn't it clear when somebody is depressed and is just looking for a shoulder to cry on? I was like, is it? <laughs> it's not can, at all. I can absolutely understand from both perspectives her seeing. I mean, if you're 40, I... I refuse to believe you see 20-year-olds as your emotional equals. Not at all. I have no doubt Not at that you all. Can look at these 20-year-olds and be like, you know what? Like, their their brains barely developed. Let me just <laughs> let me just utilize them in a way that's beneficial for me because I know they're easy to cut off. Yeah. And that's that's fine. In the same way that like I'm not looking at a five-year-old and saying, like, do I really have to explain to this five-year-old with nuance why they can't have that toy? I'll just snatch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> And then we, so, and then like 
when we're talking about Jada and August, there was a lot of this discussion about how, but didn't you listen to the, the video? Like she said that she was depressed, but didn't you listen to the video? She gave wow. you context of why she yeah. did it. We got this context after we had already developed our critique of the situation mostly. This context is only context. It doesn't serve right. as justification. Yeah. And so while I'm still working through my internal biases and why I too struggle with just being like, oh fuck, that was actually predatory. Like the it's taken me at least ten more steps to get to this point mm. of viewing Jada as I viewed Leo. Do you know? It's because it's we so came for his character like when we discussed Leo, we came for his character. We didn't come for the situation. Right. We said he must be the issue. There must be something wrong with him to only want to pursue these young people. But with Jada, mm. we're giving her the benefit of the doubt that it's not her, but it was it was her experience. It was the husband who no longer wants to be romantic with her and then now they're life partners and so she's chosen to look outside the and all this shit, you know? When in reality, wow. it almost is like we now need to just go take the facts as they are and not the feelings that kind of envelop the facts, only to critically analyze it because that's all we have. We we, for all intents and purposes, like we don't we don't have enough information to truly discern what is actually happening here. Yeah, perhaps yeah. they actually were in love, and Jada's now embarrassed that her business is out in the world, and she has. To <laughs> we don't even know what happened, and so for that reason, it's so much easier to be like, okay, forty something year old woman, position of power, rich famous, attractive, wealthy, is also married to someone with that kind of status, young, Mm. impressionable, early artist. So, you know, it's just, it's all here. It is. it's interesting to me because you know how August was saying how this, the, the, the uh, Animoji video had nothing to do with Jada, even though I used her middle name and like put a, put a fucking... screaming. Like, he's also struggling with how he feels about it because I'm sure that before we all got into the internet, it was like, she, she's a fucking predator, you were used. He was like, no, like we were just in love and now we're, now we're not together. Like, what do you mean? I was abused. Like, we love each other. We're also like soiling of course his, he thinks his that, perception you know? <laughs> of his experience. I'm like, fuck, it's so much happening right now. Yeah, and I mean, of course he thinks that. And it's interesting you say that because when I was talking about consent on my Instagram story, immediately after, because someone on Reddit had actually created um, a graph, someone made a chart that shows how Leonardo DiCaprio over the years has literally never dated a single woman under the age of 25. And since he was 24 until now at his big age of 45, he is still yet to date a woman under the age of 25. And so I posted a story on like why this is problematic and not a single person disagreed. Whereas when I talk about the fact that Jada did the exact same thing, now it's debates in my DMs. It's really, it's absolutely fascinating the mental gymnastics we do just to cope with the truth, like just to cope with reality. And I think I think what makes, what I found particularly dangerous about this whole, about the conversation around consent and like the mental gymnastics people were doing to defend Jada's predatory behavior is because those sort of, those sort of underdeveloped ideas about what consent is, they really contribute to pedophile culture 
And I'm not saying she's a pedophile, but there is such a thing as pedophile culture. And I think this is a concept that a woman by the name of Alison Gray came up with. And she defined it as pedophile culture is the way that culture and sexuality are built around what seem to be pedophilic desires. So, for example, the fact that women are expected to be absolutely hairless shaved pubes shaved everything women are expected to just look young for like youth is is so highly sexualized having rosy cheeks like all of these things that are inherently childlike are so sexualized and there's so many of these little so many of these little biases that we have about power dynamics the fact that we romanticize the 25 year old dating the 60 year old millionaire like that contributes to pedophile culture the fact that we romanticize youth so much, like that contributes to pedophile culture and all of these things that seem so innocent on the surface, but what they do is they perpetuate the power dynamics that keep women in abusive relationships and that keep men from benefiting from the abuse that they get from the power that they derive from pedophile culture. So it's just like... Go educate yourself on consent. Go educate yourself on sexual abuse. And I think what's hard about these conversations about sexual abuse is that a lot of, like, a lot of women, because this was what was happening in my DMs, a lot of women were just having epiphanies and just being like, oh my God, what you're saying is so right. All these years I've been so, like, miserable. I haven't been able to have sex. I've been feeling this and this and that way. And I'm realizing now that it's because of that, this one dynamic that I heard I had with my professor or like the one time I had sex with a 43 year old and I thought he loved me, but he like all of these things are so normalized when they're really so abusive and they just scar us on such subconscious levels because we still have so much dissonance around things that are inherently abusive, but are, we're told to romanticize them. It's just, Wow. What I also found to be really interesting is that there are a lot of things that I see on the internet that I just don't know enough about to actually form a, an opinion. Mm. And often if I see something that like elicits a response, a visceral one that isn't good, the same, you know, like when we were talking about the hookup culture episode and I'm so offended, but then you settle into it and you're like, wait, the time I could take this, I could sit in offense or sit in defense, or I could take the time to understand why somebody would have this opinion and then Mm. formulate my own because I don't doubt that the people who were responding um in favor of Jada and not in August or whatever it was I don't doubt that everybody on either side of this conversation can be able to see the other person's point in the same yeah. way, with all the information we don't have, we're now projecting onto the people what we assume their role was in the relationship. But with the information that we do have, and when we take out when we take out the context that kind of serves to confuse us, it's very easy to um to assess what's happening. But mm, what I find more yeah. important than trying to figure out if Jada is or isn't a predator, if August was abused or not the conversation is so much more important. Yeah, Because facts. if people are now rushing to find really concrete binary terms to discuss what's happening, then we're missing the point. <laughs> because mm. we're going to come across so many situations like that in our own experience or others, where the point is not finding names to describe people, but understanding the scenario as it is. 
We now Facts. still have. We don't have. We don't have more context for what Jada and Will's dynamic actually is. We don't have more context for what Jada was expecting from dating August. We don't even know how August really feels about Jada or Will. We only have people who have been rushed to make statements and to defend themselves mm. and are being tied so closely to these things they said when they're like pushed against the wall you know <laughs> like yeah it, it's in the same way that like we can in in hindsight we can go back and say it's very interesting how jada used the word entanglement and not yeah Sato. but also she's speaking from a very emotional place about it, something that she probably doesn't want to speak about with her yeah. husband and a camera crew and lighting and the whole of the internet that is just waiting for her to fuck up so we can be like mm-hmm that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. But what I love about the tweet that you made is more so the conversation that was had around it. Mm. Because it proves that all of these things aren't binary and they aren't really clear ever. But trying to discern how people initially and instinctively choose to respond to it is very easy. Yeah. And what I saw is that because the gender roles were reversed, because we're so used to seeing depictions of women being in submissive positions where their yeah. power is being taken from them and men being the ones who extract and take power, we couldn't necessarily fathom that this woman, this wholesome mother figure, has the potential to behave in a predatory in a predatory yeah. way which means you're stripping jada of her of her humanity nuance, of her range of her yeah. humanity exactly literally and and i find that like as we have these conversations it's so easy to do that to people it's so easy to over intellectualize uh what they've done or mm. um the adverse is to strip them of all of their um all of their like human ways of understanding there is context to behavior there is so much we'll never understand yeah and by over intellectualizing in a very specific way like framing um power dynamics in a very gendered way like men usually have the power therefore if a man was in a situation where his power was taken from him it doesn't make sense therefore we dismiss it yeah. all becomes super super <laughs> dangerous and i feel like i wonder if people um people who had such outward vocal opinions about it so soon if they took the time to kind of unpack their own biases and projections onto the situation like could you could you never think or conceptualize a situation where a woman would knowingly be aware of her power on a situation and take advantage of that mm, i would yeah <laughs> why yeah. wouldn't you um but yeah so i don't and i also what I found to be really interesting is that because a lot of the discourse happening around this was done in tweets, a few characters, you know, a few words, I couldn't really understand what a lot of people's angles were. Like, what are you, like, which bit are you so, are you so concerned by? Because yeah, from what I saw, you're one of the very few pe- people I, I, sorry, you're one of the very few people I saw speak about the consent and the dynamic and how the dynamic didn't really call for a lot of consent because the power was always going to be in Jada's court, whether or not you wanted to or not. Aside from her being like this wholesome mother figure, she's also been a sex symbol for the whole of her career. This unattainable person, Will's wife, like they're together forever. You can't touch her. And this guy who, you know, this R&B singer who, if you look at his discography, a lot of his music is about like the um what's that word uh like propositioning women like overcoming them and like being the dude is gonna like love you and fuck you because i'm that guy and interesting you've got to imagine like there's so there's so much underlying stuff here that we'll never understand what i want people to do is unpack what they actually think about the situation because if you 
if you really don't think Jada is a predator, and that's not what we're saying. If you don't, sorry, let me rephrase. If you really don't yeah. think that Jada's behavior was predatory at all, mm. then unpack. we must, yeah, we, we have to unpack that. Because yeah. then it leaves a lot of room for doubt in situations where the gender roles are reversed. Mm. And you can so clearly see how the, the woman is the predator because her she's not in the position of perceived power. Yeah, yeah. But, and it also shows how we, we're so conditioned to believe that womanhood is synonymous with victimhood that we can't imagine that a woman would ever be a perpetrator of, of violence. Yeah. Which is also really dangerous. We really need to allow people to be trash in the same way that we allow people to be virtuous. And it's interesting, I was listening to the Joe Budden podcast today, which gave me a headache. <laughs> and it's funny how were... Joe speaks to his cast members. I I always I always think to myself, Are you really friends? No, really. I'm like, he really hate each other. power over them all of the time. He's so dismissive every time. <laughs> I just it blows my mind. Um so yeah, I didn't finish the the episode because they're quite long. But they're I think their most previous episode is about this Jada and Will and August situation. And it it starts off with one of them. I can't, I don't really know who's who yet, but it starts Mm. off with one of them saying that August was taken advantage of by Jada. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other guys says, wait, why do you think August was taken advantage of? So he says that, well, he was taken advantage of. He's a 20-year-old kid. And here comes this celebrity 40-year-old woman and she uses him for her own healing and he thinks they're in love when in reality he's just sort of using him so you know yeah they basically just framed it that way and his response to that which i was so baffled Mm. (laughs) i was so taken aback his response to that was there is no way it is impossible for a grown man to ever be taken advantage of by a woman and he said that he said I, a 25-year-old man, will never be taken advantage of by a woman, especially sexually, because that is impossible. Which just goes to show how little men think of us. Like, in the eyes of the patriarchy, men think so little, little of us that they think we have absolutely zero power, intellectual, physical, sexual, or otherwise, over them. Under patriarchy, womanhood is synonymous with inferiority and not only that we're also taught as women and we're conditioned to take pleasure in our inferiority like we're taught like it's so synonymous with our identity that we're just taught that this is who you are and one of the byproducts of being an inferior being of being a second class citizen is that you will never have power over anyone who is a man which is which is really fascinating, but also really violent. And it goes back to, I think when we had our episode about um, pedophilia and men who Drake, well, men who Drake teens, <laughs> men like Drake who date teens, we talked about, we briefly talked about um, that situation with Lil Wayne, where I think he was like yeah. 11 years old or something. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, uh, a grown, like, I can't remember the age, whether she was in her 20s or whatever it was, but an, a- an adult had sex with him when he was 11 years old. And he framed that as, 
well, I enjoyed it, so it can't have ever been sexual assault. And I think a lot of men think that way. I think a lot of men just think, A, because sex is pleasurable, pleasure can never be abusive, which is so flawed. Mm -hmm. And then B, because I, a man, am always above woman, it is absolutely impossible for a woman to have any type of power over me because women are nothing in comparison to, to my manhood. And that's exactly when we say that Jada cannot be a predator because she's a woman. What you're saying is that women are so inferior to men that we are nothing in comparison to their manhood. We could never, even if we tried to have any type of power over them, which is just not true. Like that type of thinking perpetuates so much violence and suffering among women. It's wild. We have to really start unpacking our biases because, wow. Absolutely. And and that's also it. Like the, uh, I feel like we have to close the DMs because it's not like we want to now go argue about whether Jada is or isn't or this is or isn't, but more so it's an open forum to now unpack your relationship to like this situation generally. Like if... yeah almost asking yourself, how does my perception of gender, gender roles, power dynamics, hierarchies impact my ability to see um, issues? Mm, and they do. We're yeah. all biased in so many ways, but what are your individual individual biases? If you naturally are in a position where you have never been able to see women as dominant figures. Why? I, mean, I always found my mom scarier than my dad. <laughs> like, yeah. what's my dad going to do? Are you going to hit me? <laughs> <laughs> get out of here and I already know (laughs) I'm like okay I'm sorry (laughs) so I can comprehend that there are plenty of situations where women can be powerful more so than men that women do have the ability to take power to like Mm. to inferiorize someone it's totally comprehensible in my line of sight what I what makes it and I understand like usually when we're struggling to understand our opinions about a situation, we ask for more context. I just need Mm. a bit more context to understand. I need a bit more context to understand, but it also skews what you think. So I challenge you, like without the context, if you had just heard of a woman who's a celebrity, older, married married to a celebrity, has now started a sexual relationship with a young person who she describes as, you know, take all these bits and pieces aside and pull them Mm. away from the characters and see how you feel about it. See how far you'll go to justify either situation. And I don't think there is a right answer. Like, it kind of reminds me when um, the, like, they're not really equal situations, but do you remember when H&M did the campaign uh, the, the children's campaign and they used um, a the black monkey. boy and they put him in the monkey shirt and Twitter yeah. was just going ham. Like this is yeah. fucking like ridiculous, so racist. And the mom comes on Twitter to say, I think it's fine. I collected my check. I'm happy with the shoot. Let it rest. <laughs> yeah. And so in that situation, Twitter now had to scramble and say, well, if the mom is saying it's not a big deal, then are we allowed to have, are we allowed to have thoughts? And of course, you're allowed yeah. to have your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Irregardless or regardless of whether someone is saying they're fine with it or not fine. August is saying he's fine with it and he doesn't feel any kind of way. He knows they're in love. That's completely fine and valid. Mm. Your opinions yeah. aren't to disprove what he felt or experienced or to disprove what she felt or experienced. It's to understand how you perceive how the you, situation and what exactly, influences that. Exactly. 
And to also like really analyze, because the way I see it, class is so much more powerful than gender. Like class privilege holds a lot more weight than gender privilege because everything is capitalism. And so it's also really important to interrogate like how we how we like exist in these different intersections and how they influence our perception of people. Yeah. If Jada was a white woman, I wonder how this would have been perceived. Mm. I think it would have been easier to see her as a predator because white women have so much more power in society than black women. Like there's Ooh. so many different layers, as you said, that influence people's perception of this situation. Absolutely. And that's wow. what I'm interested in hearing. Like yeah. what's informing the way you think about it. Because yeah. initially for me to be like, oh fuck, it's really hard for me to conceptualize that Jada did something predatory because of how she positions herself in society. Which mm. is probably not, it's probably by design. You know? No, it like, is. I mean, black. what is the black woman's role of society? It's to be the mammy. It's absolutely. to comfort. Mm-hmm. And so we can't conceptualize that. I even see this with myself because I really lean into like absurdism and nihilism. I think it's really hard for people, but I enjoy this. It's really hard for people to accept nihilism from a black woman body because nihilism or absurdism so often comes from white men and black women's role in society is to comfort that if I say anything that like any old white man has said years and years before without any backlash, I'll say the same thing and get like five death threats and it's clearly just a result of the skin of the the intersection that i occupy it's Mm. so interesting how our biases and our social conditionings influence how we perceive people's behavior well with that in mind i i think by the time this uploads it might not be a hot topic to be discussing but i do think it's worthwhile to kind of share with the group maybe we'll do a thread in the facebook group but just kind of share with the group how you process this situation. Mm. Um, Because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently. And one is this New York times one called rabbit hole. And it's basically documenting how the internet radicalizes us in different ways. And one of the main, like the start of the episode, the host is talking about how he was at dinner with a friend. And at one point, they started talking about a topical conversation at the time and his friend starts just like spouting this really like vitriolic um, opinion about a situation, which is fine. But the host absolutely knows that he heard that same exact phrasing on a tweet thread, like a viral tweet thread. And so he went to ask his friend, like, do you really feel that way? Or did you just read the tweet? Like we all read the tweet. And the friend was like, oh, I don't really know. <laughs> wow. So in in this instance, you know, probably if you you're listening to this, you've probably seen Bobo's um like discourse on it and it would be so much easy. It would be really easy to be like, "Oh yeah, I just believe what Bobo thinks cuz that just makes the most sense to me. She's written it out in a way that makes sense. I love it." Or you could take some time to really 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 assess what you feel about it and how you come to your own conclusions about the situation. Yeah, yeah that's so important to do in general. Like differentiate yeah. your thoughts versus thoughts from other people's minds you'll have a lot less friends for it but wow it's so much (laughs) worth it it's really powerful 
Facts. So yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode. This has been so good. Let's continue this conversation on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Let us know how you feel. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.